Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Praise God. Are you happy? Tell you, you've got really good reason to be happy. And even if you're not, you've come. Well done. Well done. You made a really good choice. Pity parties are never as fun as the enemy tries to make them out to be. <laughs> and um, if, you know, the suggestion, oh, you, you know, get, you just need a, a night home and sit and watch Netflix and, you know, it's never going to feed you like it is coming out and corporately dancing and celebrating and blessing God and hearing a word to encourage you. So well done. You could be at home in front of the heater with a doona and pizza and Netflix. And you've chosen to be here blessing God. Some of you have driven down from the Sunshine Coast. Welcome. Just so appreciate you. And Every week, people drive a long way to come, and we just, we just really honor you for coming and celebrating what the Lord is doing, and so that we have the privilege together to worship God in our city. Hallelujah. Because something happens when we lift up the name of the Lord, and it's bigger than what we see. It's more than us just enjoying a worship time together. It's actually creating an atmosphere in a city that shifts shifts things in the spirit. Hallelujah. He inhabits the praises of his people. We have people who are a part of this church because they've stopped. They've been arrested on the bus as they drove past every day. The Holy Spirit would start to speak to them, not understanding what it was about this corner. And, um, you know, I really believe it was the atmosphere of worship. It's Jesus' name being hallowed and lift up, lifted up. So don't stop. It's glorious. Hallelujah. <clears throat> well, Father, we say thank you for today. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be very glad in it. You're our God, and we bless you. We say thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I, my heart is overflowing with the goodness and the kindness of God. And I want to speak to you tonight a little about the kindness, the extravagant goodness of our God. He is so good to us, so good to us. I've been uh, meditating on and uh, feasting on Romans 8 recently. I've been reading it in the ESV. I've been reading it in the New King James. I like to read lots and lots of different translations um, because we actually read a, an English version of another language. You know, the Bible was not written in English. It was written in Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic. And as English readers who, who don't speak fluent Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, we need to... Um, be willing to look at different versions and look into the Greek and, and the different languages using the different um, strongs and thayers and different things so that we can get a full understanding. So don't get too uptight about your particular translation. Unfortunately, there isn't a perfect English translation, but it's an attempt and, a, and 
The translators sincerely attempt to do their best to try to capture those languages, but it's a good thing for us to use different translations to try to get a full picture. And sometimes a different translation can help you see it again with fresh eyes. Hallelujah. So I want to read to you today from Romans 8. It's just wonderful. Hallelujah. And I'm going to read today out of the Passion Translation, which I enjoy. Hallelujah. Some other people enjoy this too. Hallelujah. I want to read from Romans 8, verse 15. It says this, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough, but you've received the spirit of full acceptance. Hallelujah. You belong. Because of what Christ has done, you have been fully invited into the family. You're not on the outside having to beg God for anything. You have been invited in. You've been given the spirit of full adoption. So you're not not, um, the poor relative, but you've been invited in with the full rights of sons and daughters. What a privilege we have, the goodness of God. You've You've received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. And you'll never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. Other versions say, Abba, Abba, Father. You know, often when I'm praying in the spirit, I find myself just saying, Abba, Papa, Abba, Papa. Abba means Daddy God, Papa. This is actually a really big shift, uh, for the Hebrew thinkers in that the God whose name they, they weren't even supposed to say is now saying, I want you to call me daddy. Because we can come right in, right in and experience a love relationship with God, the holy God who could only be approached once a year by the high priest after the sacrifice of bulls and goats. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we've now been able to completely, freely, all of us, boldly come in and not just have a formal conversation with God, but we can come right in and be with him as a little child can be with their father. And I've watched the little kids. I, I see Jessie and I see your, your daughter run in and, and she's not gonna stand at a distance and say, please, daddy. But she comes right up and jumps up on his lap. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Are we good? We need some lights. Are we happy? Ben, smile at me, wave at me. Yay. Will I keep going? Are we happy? We're happy. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God, for my wonderful team. Yes, are we really happy? (laughs) (laughs) Nearly really? We just have to make sure that we're going to get all of this on the TV. It's beginning to rain. Hallelujah. That's good. Nearly good? Not nearly. Stefan, you are wonderful. 
I'm just going to pause and think about that. <laughs> How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. Father, we love you. We say thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Are we good to go? Nathaniel, thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding us into the family of God. And we'll never feel orphaned, for he rises up within us, our spirits joining him in saying, in words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved children. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures, for indeed, we are heirs of God himself, and since we're joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. If we'll believe on the Lord Jesus, that his suffering, his death, burial, and resurrection was our death, burial, and resurrection, that he did it on our behalf, that we are co-buried, co-raised with him, that we died with him. If we receive that, accept that, then we enter into true sonship. We enter into the family of God, being born again, having exchanged our sin for his righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, so that we would be able to belong. The veil was torn as Jesus died. And what that meant was now we no longer had to stand on ceremony. We no longer had to try and we no longer had to make sacrifice to get forgiveness, but instead we simply must believe that Jesus did it for us, hallelujah, and that we can now boldly approach the throne of grace. But the more I, I think about this, the more I get overwhelmed by his love for us. I was thinking today about the story of David's mighty men and David in the middle of battle just utters a, a thought. He, he just says out loud, Oh, if I could just drink some water from the well where, there was, where the enemy were um, encamped. I'd love to be able to just drink some water from that well. And without being instructed, two of his guys go and risk their lives to bring him a cup of water from that well. And when they come, he is so overwhelmed that he just, he pours it out as a drink offering before the Lord, just overwhelmed at the extravagance of their love for him. And that's a picture of what God is like toward us. You know, his love for us is so intense. He's laid up good works in advance for us to do. He's prepared beforehand 
things for us, our destiny, things that we're going to do. He's, he makes all things work together for our good. He's planned all of this. He set it all up. And yet, very often, we don't really comprehend what it cost him to do that. It's a little bit like children. I think about this. Um, children who, whose parents work two jobs. Children whose parents work really hard and long hours so the kids can have what they need. And very often the kids will just enjoy what they have, not fully understanding how much it's cost their parents and what effort their parents have gone to. Yet their parents, a good parent, doesn't try to extract gratefulness out of their kids all the time, try to make them fully understand just how much it costs them. <laughs> they do it because they're theirs. Of course I'm going to do this. And you know, our, our heavenly father, he goes to extravagant lengths. He's been to extravagant lengths just so that we can be blessed, that we can enjoy supernatural peace. We don't know, we don't understand what it cost him that, so that today we can wake up and have peace knowing that we're not guilty anymore, knowing that we're fully accepted. Yet, And he smiles and he thinks he's so, he's so happy because we believe and we engage in his gift of peace, that we enjoy his gift of joy, that we enjoy his gift of health, we enjoy his gift of righteousness, and he, he loves and enjoys that we enjoy it. But when I think about it, I, I begin to realize I don't have any real idea of what it's cost him to do that. And he, he doesn't do it just for the big things. He did it for the little things. He did it so I could be healthy and enjoy my life. He did it so that I could enjoy a co-laboring with him. He did it with the joy knowing she's going to really enjoy Tuesday. And all the things that I've laid up in advance for her on Tuesday. He's so excited about your coming Tuesday. Do you know that? He's so excited. Before you were ever born, he planned, he planned next Tuesday for you. He did. And he's all excited about it. And we'll just walk into Tuesday and go, oh, that was nice. Not knowing. It has been meticulously arranged and planned for you. I sat down today um, about five o'clock in my prayer chair at home, and I've got a window in my bedroom. Normally about that time of day, I'm, I'm outside, and one of the things that I really enjoy in the afternoons is when these big flocks of birds fly right over the top of me, and I hear the whoosh, whoosh, whoosh of their wings. And I, it's like God times it perfectly for me all the time. I go outside and big flock of birds flies over me, and I just feel like it's a kiss from heaven. I didn't have time to do that today. I had some other things I had to do, and, but then I just happened to sit down for a few minutes, and as I sat down, opened my eyes, 
out of my window, right in front of me, there come the birds. Just as, and God, it just was like God saying to me, I really love you. Even though you can't be outside today, I just wanted you to know I really love you. And you know what? He had that planned before I was born. He had planned that I would have friendship with him way before the earth was made. And he suffered and he died so that I could have that friendship. This is the love. This is the extent of the kindness of God toward us. Hallelujah. He is so good. I want to read on. I just shared that with you because it's yummy. It says here in verse 26, in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us, the same Holy Spirit who rises up within us and calls out, Abba, Papa, Daddy. He rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. God, the searcher of hearts, fully knows our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. I'll keep reading later, but I'll skip over to verse 34. Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? So the Holy Spirit is interceding for us. Jesus is interceding for us. And they are not, they're not trying to twist the arm of the Father and convince him to please help these people. They are praying in perfect harmony with the will of the Father. So when you imagine what they might be saying, they're... they're declaring what God the Father already wants. So they're not saying, oh, please, God, please help them. They're so financially strapped right now. They really, they just, one time, would you just break through for them? They, they really just need, just give them a break. He's, they're not praying like that. They're not praying, oh, you know, they're really suffering with sickness. Please heal them. They're praying in accordance, in perfect harmony with the will of the Father who has already gone before, before you ever got sick, sent his son Jesus to be bruised, to be whipped and to be beaten so that you could have healing already. And so they're in heaven going, by the stripes of Jesus, this one is healed. Thank you, God, that you've already provided for that healing before the enemy tried to come and afflict them. You already made a way. Thank you, Lord, that you always cause them to triumph. They're celebrating and declaring the will of the Father in heaven continually. 
And so this wonderful God who prepared good works in advance for you to do before the world was even created was thinking about you is continuously, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, continuously declaring in heaven the will of the Father for you. Like if you are feeling self-conscious, like why would they give me so much attention? You gotta get over it because you are the apple of his eye. You are so intensely loved, it is ridiculous. It's beyond your capacity to understand. Yet the Holy Spirit also wants to help you in that situation. He wants to give you supernatural power to comprehend this love that you can't humanly comprehend. So that you get so overwhelmed with delight and joy that your father's heart says, oh, I'm so happy that they're experiencing my love. That they're opening their hearts and receiving what I've wanted to give them and wanted them to experience since before the beginning of time. Let them comprehend it more. God is a loving God. He's a kind God. Verse 25. <laughs> Praise the Lord. No, verse 28. We'll go there. Verse 28. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. For, we, for he knew all about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. You can maybe begin to understand why I've been marinating in this chapter for a little while. I would highly recommend you read it in every translation you can get your hands on. That you dig into it, you memorize it, you enjoy it, and you let the Spirit of God reveal to you His great love for you. It's so intense. I love that, that verse there, that rendering, who transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. That's so lovely. Basically what he's saying is he became sin so we could become righteous. And he did that, taking away our sin, taking away our iniquity, Sin, uh, transgressions and iniquities are two different words in the Hebrew. Transgressions means sin. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Iniquities means crookedness. In the atonement, Jesus just didn't deal with your sin. He also dealt with your iniquity, which is your crookedness. He took away 
the crooked places in you. He came to make the crooked places straight. And he made your crooked places straight. He came that when you would receive him as the one who came to transfer his righteousness to you in exchange for your guilt and your shame and your sin, when you receive the gift of righteousness, not only do you have your sin taken away, you get a brand new nature where all the crookedness is gone and you're given a brand new heart. You get the motives of Christ. You get the nature of Christ. You get the attributes of Christ living in you. And the more you understand it, as you understand and you begin to grow in the knowledge of Him, we have everything pertaining to life and godliness accessible through the knowledge of Him. The more we discover Him in intimacy, the more we recognize what we've been given, then as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's a little bit like when, I mean, I've got um, a computer. I know it can do a whole lot more than I do with it. It has, it has capabilities that I have not had any idea of unlocking yet. But I have them. They're available for me. Tom bought it for me. He paid the money for it. It's there. But I still don't know how to fully use it. But the more I become acquainted with it, the more I get the benefit of what's been given to me. You have been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. You just need to unpack it and figure out what you've got. Wow. You need to wake up every day and reckon yourself dead and alive to God in Christ and look in the mirror of his face, look in the mirror of his word and remember, thank you, God, you delivered me from my crookedness. You delivered me from me. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So I wanna know all about Christ today because I wanna manifest him in my day-to-day world. Hallelujah. There's so much good stuff in here. I tell you, it's delicious. Let's keep... Let's keep um, reading because it's so, so, so beautiful. Have a look at verse 32. For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them. Not guilty. God has said, not guilty. I've made you clean. I've made you holy. He's better than you feel you deserve. Even if our hearts condemn us, he's greater than our hearts. Hallelujah. Not guilty. But God, I don't feel clean. He says, well, just live by faith, not by feelings. 
tell your feelings, get sorted because there's great good news. Preach to your soul. Hey, soul, why are you downcast within me? Hope in God. Forget not all his benefits. He's delivered you from your iniquities. You're not crooked anymore. He made your crooked places straight. He gave you holiness, righteousness, purity. He's given you his salvation. Now enter into the joy of your salvation. He's healed all your diseases. He's causing you to continually live in triumph. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, when Peter was on the roof having a rest, it's really good to get alone with God and just be still. Not just do the business of the day with him. And I'm talking about making your requests known to God, Philippians 4. We need to do that. I have a list. I have a list of things I have to pray about. Not because I'm obligated to pray about it, but because I know, praise the Lord, I don't do this life on my own. I have God with me and I can tell him about everything that's going on. I can ask him, cast my cares on him and thank him for the answer. Hallelujah. And his peace guards my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So I do that. But there's great value about just resting in his presence and gazing on his beauty, worshiping him, just spending time when all the cares have been cast and you just begin to, to wait on him and love him. Then he has the opportunity to download some of the things that are on his list. I think that's what, that was what was happening that day with Peter. You know, he probably given all his list to God, said all his prayers, and then God was like, well, there's a few things on my mind. Let's see the Gentiles saved. And he showed him this vision of all these unclean things, and Peter was like, no, I wouldn't do that, God. And God says, get up and eat. And he goes, oh, God, I can't do that. And God just magnificently said, don't call unclean what I have made clean. And he was speaking about us. But you know what? We often call unclean what God has made clean. God says, not guilty. We go, oh, I've got to be a bit guilty. I know I've confessed my sins and that you're faithful and just to forgive me from all unrighteousness. But, you know, I, I did that when I got saved, but, you know, I've, I've made some mistakes since. And it's as though we think that the mercy of God only applies once when we first get saved. But in fact, do you know God suffered before you ever sinned, knew everything you would do and already paid the price so that he could declare over you in heaven not guilty, holy, righteous, clean, and is waiting for you to agree with what's being said about you in heaven. He's saying over you, when you acknowledge your sin, he wants you to believe that he has taken it, that he is faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That is, when we feel like I need to pay for that for a while, I emotionally should just, you know, hit myself over the head for a while or put myself in the naughty corner for a few weeks. God's saying, hey, you can't pay for your sin. I already did. 
Your sacrifice is not what's going to please me. It's your faith that will please me. And it's sometimes easier to feel good about receiving the grace of God or the righteousness of God if we can somehow pay a little bit for it. But you know what? That's pride. You cannot, you cannot pay for your sin. The wages of sin is death. That's why Jesus died so that you didn't have to. He was punished so you didn't have to be punished. Hallelujah. Our wonderful God. So who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus. You know, he doesn't want us to live a life of condemnation and fear and shame. He doesn't want us talking about ourselves as, oh, you know, I'm really not a very good person. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I'm, I'm not. And we get this attitude about ourselves that somehow we are defined by our performance. That is unbelief. You are not defined. When you are a born-again believer, that is, you have simply believed on the Lord Jesus, recognized and acknowledged, I need the mercy of God and I receive it. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I receive your mercy into my life. I receive your gift of righteousness that takes away my crookedness, qualifies me for heaven by making me righteous. When we receive that, we need to walk daily in the revelation of that so that we can experience the joy and the freedom that comes from that salvation. It is the just living by faith. We've got to apply faith to what God has done because God wants us to live in a place of supernatural joy. He wants us to live in a place of continual peace. He wants us to enjoy it. Heaven is declaring, Jesus is declaring the good works he's laid up in advance for you. While you may be on the earth going, oh, I don't feel very qualified. Heaven's going, I delight to give them the nations. And we're, we're thinking to ourselves, oh, you know, I, I, don't know, I feel like a bit of a hypocrite. I might not go to church today. God is waiting for you to come into agreement with heaven because he's given you the keys of the kingdom and he is waiting for you to hear what they are praying in heaven and to open the portal, open the gates and say, your will, which is being declared in heaven as Jesus and the Holy Spirit are interceding, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will for my life be done. And it is your will that I would do good works. It is your will that I would manifest the glory of God. It is your will that I would be the aroma of Christ to those who are perishing. It is your will that I would walk in life, holiness, godliness, health. Hallelujah. That I would prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. Hallelujah. Thank you, Papa. We say thank you. You are so good to us. Lord, give us a revelation of your love. Give us a revelation of your love. For your love is better than life. 
Thank you, Daddy. Ha. You know, I don't know about you, but my humanity sometimes my my thinking about the fact that I'm a human gets in the way of the truth that I'm actually now a supernatural being seated in heavenly places with God. And it does it in this way where I get deceived into believing that too much, too much, I can't take any more when it comes to the love of God. I have a little taste. Oh, that was nice. Okay, that was good. And yet we're not created to be these people who, who get a little bit. We're created to give ourselves to being loved. And it takes supernatural strength. And that supernatural strength is accessible to us. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about, but there is a white, glorious light that is all around you. And the Father is praying, is, is, is hearing the Holy Spirit and Jesus praying, Lord, enlighten their eyes of their, of their understanding in the knowledge of you so that they can comprehend the greatness of their calling, so that they can know you, that they can understand the riches of their glorious inheritance, that they might know the greatness of the power toward them and where they're going, oh, that was nice. I think sometimes if we would get hold of what's going on in heaven, what is being prayed in heaven, we'd start to realize that our destinies are not to be humans that are sustained by occasional encounters by God, with God, but we are called to be supernatural beings that live in an atmosphere of heaven that is consistently aware of him, that is consistently acknowledging him, that's accessing this love and this intercession that's going on all around us, that we are continually agreeing with God as we intercede, as the Holy Spirit prays in, in, in tongues through us. We come into agreement with what's being said in heaven, that we have access to this continual Zoe life, this glorious, wonderful uh, uh, glory of God surrounding us, filling us, singing over us. And God is saying, uh, let me be your glory and the lifter of your head. Let me lift up those hands that hang down. Let me help you realize you are not a human managing through life. You are a supernatural being destined to sing the praises of your Father with a pure and a clean heart. Hallelujah. That you've been created to worship Him without shame, without fear, without condemnation, without any sense of guilt or fear with a full awareness that I belong. I am fully accepted. I am fully accepted. If we only understood what that meant. Some people, they've been born uh, 
and they're great, good-looking people. They seem to get in with the right crowd. They seem to be the popular ones at school. Most of us are not that. I was, I was in the not popular group. I was in the group of girls that, you know, let anybody else in. <laughs> I wasn't in the super smart group. I wasn't in the super popular group. I wasn't in the super whatever group. I was in the leftover group. And there were really lovely people who just let anybody in. Praise Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> who else is in that group? Society can tell us and dictate to us that we aren't really measuring up. We're not the number one. Yet the Father has in heaven his only Son and his Spirit continually talking about how wonderful you are and the incredible things that he's laid up for you. He is so besotted with you that he is continually interceding over you, that he's fully accepted you, completely qualified you, said that you are as righteous as Jesus and that you've been given everything pertaining not only to life, but to godliness, that whatever you ask, you can have, if your heart doesn't condemn you. That is, if you believe that Jesus has adopted, made a way for you to be adopted and accepted, hallelujah. It's the only qualification if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. You can have whatever you ask. Yet sometimes we can maintain this vestige in the back of our mind that I'm, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the reject group. We can carry that over into Christianity, yet that is not the truth. You're not the odd bod that doesn't fit in. Hallelujah. You are chosen, adopted, fully accepted, qualified, chosen to do good works in advance. Hallelujah. Anointed with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, living in you and upon you, you shall do, get this, the same works that Jesus did and greater works. You. He's just waiting for you to come into agreement with what he's saying and how he feels. Amen? Yay, God. He loves you. Oh, how he loves you. You see, you start to get a taste and then we normally pull back because we go, feeling out of control now. very okay with you getting out of control. Like he gives you the fruits of self-control, but you can use your self-control to fully give yourself to him. (laughs) 
You willingly go there. Some people say, oh, well, you know, if the Spirit moves me, the Spirit's moving you. You've just got to move with Him to receive the love that He wants to pour into your hearts, you see. God wants to take you beyond what you culturally feel comfortable with. And He wants to bring you into a whole new way of life. And that way of life is a way of life that is utterly saturated with his singing over you. The Bible says he rejoices over you with singing. That's a really nice thought. How does he feel about you right now? If you've received him as Savior and Lord, he says that you are clean. You are not guilty. You are righteous. You are holy. You are kind. You have a new heart. You're fully accepted. You're adopted. This is the blessing that we have when we repent of our sin and say, God, I can't pay for it. I need your salvation. Have mercy on me. He's there going, done. Here it is. Oh, I love you. I want to give you my qualification, my righteousness, so that you can have eternal life with me. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That is, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He gave Himself so that I could be saved, that He became sin so I could become righteousness. And the Bible says that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, we'll be saved. That is, if we, will, if we believe and acknowledge that we need salvation, what that means is we need salvation. We need forgiveness for sin. In, in acknowledging we need salvation, we recognize that we are sinners. But when we come and say, I've sinned, God. I am a sinner. I need your mercy. He gives, he takes that definition of sinner. And as we give it to him, he gives us the definition of saint, righteous holy. He transfers his perfect righteousness to us and we become born again. It's a supernatural thing. And it happens through an act of our will. Where we say, God, I want that. I want to belong. I want to be forgiven. I want to be declared not guilty. So I recognize that without your mercy, without your salvation, I am guilty. Here's my guilt. I give it to you. And in divine exchange, by faith, I receive your kindness, your mercy, your salvation, your forgiveness, your righteousness. Hallelujah. He will give it to anyone who'll ask. So tonight, if that's you and you say, I want tonight to be the night that I cross the line, from death to life, where I say, I want to come into the kingdom. I want to be part of the family of God. I want to acknowledge that I need mercy and forgiveness. And I want to receive Jesus as my salvation. I want to pray for you tonight before we go on and pray for people. Is there anyone here that says, yeah, that's me? I'd love to see your hand. Just wave your hand at me if that's you that says, I want to be 
saved tonight. I want to give my life to Christ. Let me see your hand if that's you. Is there anyone here tonight? Hallelujah. Well, we're going to pray for a few people. I'm going to ask Mark and Meg and Daniel if you want to come. Hallelujah. Are you happy? Can I encourage you to jump in and fully enjoy that salvation? Hallelujah. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our... He was bruised for our... I'm taking my shoes off now. We're going to get serious. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are sin, crookedness, peace, healing, all dealt with. That's how much he loves you. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info@glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info@glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.